Good Monday afternoon. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back on a Monday with a look back at the weekend and a look ahead to what's going on this week. Got a great show lined up for you, and man, what a weekend it was in sports. Got a lot to talk about today, and we are very much looking forward to it. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Mo Patton. Mo, what's up? Not much, man. Just um, just another manic Monday, as <laughs> someone once said. So, man, it's I'll tell you, it has Monday today has been kind of a whirlwind for me. I, we we were up late last night. Kids, I don't know, just kids. being kids. Kids. And <laughs> so it was an unusually late night last night, and. Slept in a little bit this morning, thanks to uh, Sarah allowing me to do so while she got up at 6 o'clock. The kids were up late. They got up early. I don't know what was going on. Kids. Curious if, if Mercury's in Gatorade or something. Uh, I, I don't know what's, <laughs> what the deal is, but but I slept in a little bit. And when I sleep in just a little bit, even if it's 7.30, like, it screws my whole day up. I, my, my, my sense of time is completely off. Like, I... It was 11 o'clock before I knew it. And so, I don't know. I've just, just been kind of like, oh, crap. What, what do I got to do? Thanks to Justin for uh, stepping in and getting a lot of the, 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 the grunt work done, as and I like to call it. Bolts. Yeah. Got yes. the grunt work done today. So, that was a big help in getting <laughs> my day kind of, I guess, evened out. Getting back on your axis. Huh? I, I must say, it really puts in perspective uh, – how hard your boy Yao works, man. <laughs> I mean, gee, <laughs> every day, every day, it's crazy, man. No, I, I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because I, 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 there are, there are some people, not associated with the show directly, who don't understand uh, how how difficult that 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 can be. So it's it's been it's been crazy, it's been fun, but we got it done, and well, that means we have a full yeah. show, Mo. Yeah, you you know the thing is, there are a lot of people who aren't concerned about how, how the sausage right. is made. They aren't. And and that's okay. That's okay. Yep. We we got it done. The sausage is made that's and it's going to taste delicious today because we have Dave Hooker of Off the Hook Sports. He's going to talk to us about two transfer portal commits from this weekend and this morning's commitment of George McIntyre, the five-star quarterback out of Brentwood Academy. Going to get into that as well as maybe some other things. I mean, I'm sure that he was uh, watching, if not covering, the basketball events of this weekend, which were very positive in favor of the Orange. Just going to throw that out there. Um, also, Terry McCormick is going to talk Titans with us. We'll also talk to Ben Arthur as the AFC South is now officially eliminated from uh, contention in the NFL playoffs. But, hey, you know. They they made it to the final eight, so there's always something going on. Though. There is, there's a lot going on, and so we'll talk with Ben Arthur from Fox Sports a little bit later. We've also got, of course, we'll we'll talk about all of the NFL games from this weekend, rapid fire reaction, plenty of sports stories to get into, and of course our monsters, where we uh, have to talk a little bit about all of the great performances from the weekend and give out a little accolade and. We will do that, all of that, in just a few moments. But before we do anything else, Mo, mm -hmm. 
There actually were some results from this weekend. There were results. Not not a whole lot. Not nearly as many. This this Monday rundown will be the shortest Monday rundown that I think we may have ever had outside of summer. Right. But we did have some results. We do have a schedule for today. So let's get to it on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. Girls basketball from the weekend. Franklin Road Christian 55, Zion Christian 29, Battleground Academy down to University School of Nashville 50 to 38, on the boys' side, Zion Christian edged Franklin Road Christian 77 to 75. Men's college basketball, Tennessee 91, Alabama 71 in a beatdown for the Eagles. Bradley also down Belmont 95-72. It was a Mississippi State 68-55 winners over Vanderbilt. Tennessee State down to Western Illinois in a close one, 58-57. Lipscomb got the best of North Alabama 88-79. And New Mexico State. Out in Las Cruces, a 73-62 win over Middle. Tennessee State scored with 3.3 seconds to hey, go. You'll take it. Win. Yep. Um, women's basketball over the weekend. It was Drake with a 69-65 win over Belmont. There's there's got to be a joke there somewhere, but I, I don't <laughs> I don't know enough of Drake's catalog uh, to really come up with. Well, um, we don't need to talk about the game. I, I watched the 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 fourth quarter of that game and I wish I hadn't because I was just frustrated the entire time. Belmont led the entire game and gave Until up you started watching. It gave up eight straight points in the final two minutes to lose. Oof. Oh. Okay. Uh, Western Illinois with a seventy nine seventy one win over Tennessee State. It was Lipscomb sixty two Austin P fifty one. Middle Tennessee State improves to four and zero in conference USA play fourteen and four overall with an 85-48 win over New Mexico State. It was Tennessee holding serve at home with a 73-64 win over Vanderbilt. That I only watched the fourth quarter of that one, but I would dare say that game was closer than the score indicates. And Belmont bounced back from that loss to Drake by defeating Northern Iowa. <laughs> 72-67. I can, too, read. Uh, Arizona 3, Predators 2 in NHL play. And in the association, speaking of beatdowns, Chicago 125, Grizzlies 96. High school basketball today at Independence starting at 5 o'clock. Girls and then boys to follow, they'll host Nolansville at 6 o'clock. Again, these are all double headers at 6 o'clock and then 7.30 to uh, boys to follow best we know check your local listings there may be some changes as Nolensville independence was summit is at brentwood ravenwood's at centennial lighthouse christian of antioch is at day spring academy dixon county welcomes harpeth franklin's at home against page battleground academy goes to grace franklin tullahoma's at lawrence county middle tennessee christian welcomes columbia academy clarksville goes to rossview holloway is at smyrna lewis county is at summertown wilson central's at home against stewart's creek in the association the grizzlies hold up, hold up. are oh, stop, stop, go ahead stop, stop, stop. That Lewis County Summertown game is not on. They don't have water in Summertown today, so <laughs> I think they're under a boil order, actually. But no, that game is not being played. So no Lewis County, no Summertown. No Lewis County, no Summertown. I think that game is actually Friday, according to a text that I just got. Okay. 
Well, there you go. Uh, NBA action tonight. Grizzlies at Toronto at 630 on Bally Sports Southeast Memphis. Apparently, there is a there's a difference between Bally Sports Southeast Memphis and Bally Sports Southeast. So, hmm. go figure. And in the NHL on Bally Sports South, just one Bally Sports South, it's Florida. The Panthers are at Bridgestone against the Predators. And that, folks, is your rundown. All right, let's talk a little bit about our top story. But before we do that, we got to tell you about our friends at Piggly Wiggly in Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. They've got great daily deli lunch specials. They are delicious. delicious daily deli lunch specials. I thought you had this. They they are delicious indeed. Fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, all cost plus 10 at the register. Again, make sure to go see the fine folks in Neely's Mill Shopping Center at the Piggly Wiggly. Now, rumors, not groomers, although I guess they could turn into groomers. Oh, let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) But rumors around some places in the National Football League say that this could be Andy Reid's last ride. Mm. And Mm. I think that is interesting. I do, too. One, I hope it's not accurate. But, I mean, nothing lasts forever. So, And, I mean... Uh, how long do you think the dude's going to stick around? And and I'm talking to myself as much as anything as I say this. I, I mean, this seems to be the year to go ahead and get out. It does. But, hey, here's the thing. How old do you think Andy Reid is? 65, but only because oh, I'm looking looked. at his... I'm, I'm, you yeah. You looked. I was you trying looked. to be prepared. Well, you, you looked. Um, I mean, Bill Belichick is 71, and he's still applying, uh, interviewing for jobs. You know, he's not retiring. He's just leaving New England. Pete Carroll is 72. Nick Saban, as we've documented, is 72. I mean, you feel like Andy Reid realistically has some some productive football coaching in him. I wonder if this isn't a Bruce Arians type move. In in, in the in, 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 in trying you're in all trying, no in in stepping down and getting one of his guys that gig. Yeah, I but who? Be enemy. Bringing him back. It's my guess. I, I have absolutely nothing to base that on. But. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that would be a positive. Mm-hmm. But that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what else he can do. He's won, what, eight consecutive division titles. 
They've gone to six consecutive AFC Championship games. They've won two Super Bowls. I, I mean, if they, if I, I don't think they're gonna. But if they were to win the Super Bowl this year, then I think it's definitely. If they were to win the Super Bowl this year, then he probably does. Just because I think this would be the most improbable of, you know, beating beating Buffalo in Buffalo, beating Baltimore in Baltimore, and then beating whoever of the other side. Go. <laughs> probably. Yeah. How bad as they played this weekend, who knows? But yeah. I, Andy Reid has. It's so funny because, I mean, the guy. This is a guy who should have statues in two cities. And yet got fired from one. Yeah. And, and I mean, one Super Bowl notwithstanding, I mean, what have they done since? Well, they've been to a Super Bowl. They've been two. Which is, you know, one more than he took them to. But, yeah, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I, I mean. Heck, they didn't even make the playoffs his last two years in Philadelphia. So I get it. Like, I understand kind of their thought process. They were 4-12, and 12, and they were like, man, you know, this isn't working out. And they probably both needed a change of scenery. You know. I thought you hated that first. Well, I think there's a difference between a, a change of scenery for a head coach when you are the – when you create the atmosphere, then – Sometimes the atmosphere just needs a different place to start. And luckily, I mean, look, he's he's gotten lucky. Let's let's not act like he didn't get. I say lucky. He they they were really smart in taking Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people thought Patrick Mahomes was a was never going to be a great quarterback in the NFL, much like they thought Lamar Jackson in Atlanta well, and, wasn't and, a good quarterback. And. They might have gotten lucky, but sometimes you create your own luck as well. Because I don't know if Patrick Mahomes would have been as successful anywhere else with anyone else other than in Kansas City with Andy Reid. I am almost certain Lamar Jackson wouldn't have been as successful anywhere else with anyone else than in Baltimore with John Harbaugh because they committed to those guys. Yeah, and, and that's you know that's the that's the beauty of what, and I think that's the beauty of Andy Reid. I think it's also I think that's exactly what his downfall was in Philadelphia, and it's exactly what's been his, you know, his most glorifying aspect in in Kansas City is he's been much like Mike Vrabel, very loyal to his guys. And I believe in these guys, and it, it it's worked for both of them at times, and it's also not worked for both of them at times. It, you know, Brian Snitker even, you know, as loyal as he was to Will Smith, and it worked out <laughs> ultimately. But yeah, but I mean, I think that's the thing is, and then sometimes it's not going to work out. Uh, the great thing about baseball is you get more opportunities for it to far more. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I mean, um, and committing to your guy doesn't always, I mean, your guy isn't always the guy. 
And, and, and in football, it's the ultimate team sport, right? I mean, they've also been very fortunate to have really good offensive linemen. They got Trey Smith in the sixth round. And this guy is, you know, on his way to a potential Hall of Fame career. And and if anybody else would have listened anybody. To, to Vol Twitter. We tried to tell him. Tried. Really we did. tried to tell him. But, you know, the, the Titans organization likes to you know, spit in the face of Tennessee uh, fans, from what I understand. So, well, and, and, But honestly. And, 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 <laughs> and some franchises like to FAFO, too. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, uh, they've been really fortunate. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, a, a tight end out of Cincinnati. Who would have ever thought? I, I just – but, again – that being fortunate is also a part of being in the Andy Reid system, being in the Andy Reid atmosphere, being around the the place that Andy Reid has created in well, there, there Kansas City. There is a saying also, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Right. And, and I think that he creates an atmosphere that is really good for professional athletes. I think he lets them do what they do. Within his parameters. I think there is a two-way trust within that organization between Andy Reid and his players. They trust that he's going to put them in positions to win. He trusts that they're going to do what they need to do. And it's hard to argue with the results. I would agree. I mean... Kind of like you said with with Lamar Jackson and, and and John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh was with Andy Reid. You know, he coached under Andy Reid, and so he understands how to deal with though you know with allowing your your superstars to be superstars. And when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, who isn't as quarterbacky as some people would like to see at that position, you know, to say, you're my guy, and we are going to tailor this attack around your strengths and go play. And so... What does that do for a guy, for one thing? I think it takes the pressure off. I mean, there's always pressure to perform... But, but if I you know that your coach and your coaching staff is behind you, I mean, when you know it, it's it's a different feeling. So, and I'm curious to see how that translates here in in Nashville. You know, once there's no Ryan Tannehill behind Will Levis, how does that change Levis's? Which I mean, Levis has never lacked for confidence, but. It still could make a change. Now, if Andy Reid retires and they do bring in someone like Eric Bieniemy, you 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 feel like that's going to continue, right? That same style of coaching will, will continue. But are you... Are you as committed to allowing 
the next guy to not win the division their first three years like Andy Reid didn't. To go nine and seven one year and miss the playoffs in that first three years. I think it depends on who does win the division. <laughs> I mean, if you're Kansas City, I think you can accept the Chargers with a quarterback sure. winning the division. I don't know that you can accept the Raiders with a first-year coach and a questionable quarterback winning the division. I don't think you can accept Denver as in as much disarray as they seem to be right. winning the division. So I think it depends on who you lose the division to if you don't win it as yeah. to what type of That's understandable. Yeah. I'll be curious. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, and, and look, these are just rumors. I, I don't know that mm -hmm. there's any truth to any of this. I mean, Andy Reid may be over there going, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm coaching for another 10 years. In the days before the wild card win over the Dolphins, Reed said, I haven't even thought about that. I'm thinking about one thing. I figured that would come up when you guys were asking these questions because I'm old. But I'm not old. that old. That's from <laughs> NBCSports.com. So. so, rumors or not, say what you will, I think Andy Reed certainly has plenty of football left in him to coach if he wants to. But he can also take it to the house, and he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I have no reason to stop coaching football. I love it. No reason. I mean, famous last words? It wouldn't be like it hasn't happened before. But still. Yeah. I mean, does his wife know that he has no reason to stop coaching? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's she's been a coach's wife for this long. I mean, and again, he's 65. Yeah. It's not like he's 72. But don't you want to enjoy some time? Well, but see, Maybe. here's the thing. I, I think that's the difference in the NFL and college football. I there think is some time to some enjoy. Time to enjoy. That's true. They probably have been able to travel. And do the things that... Don't call me. <laughs> I don't care what happens. Yeah. You know, you the, month, you... the month of whatever. I'm out you might of be touch. right there. Yeah. I'm gone. <sighs> so. He's been doing it for 40 plus years. And doing it pretty successfully for the most part. Awfully. So, all right. Let's take a break. Dave Hooker will join us here shortly we'll talk a little tennessee sports in just a moment so stick around main street sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint we'll be back after this Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, 
technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Don't mind me, Mo. Just watching highlights of Alden Slaughter from Huddle. It's been fun to watch. <laughs> enjoying that today. But uh, man, what a fantastic weekend in sports, especially for the University of Tennessee. On the hardwood, uh, in recruiting, out of the portal. It's just been great. So. Might as well talk a little bit about it. We should. That means we will bring in, of course, from Off the Hook Sports, Dave Hooker. Dave, what's up, man? Hey, guys. I uh, can turn out to be a busy, uh, busy Sunday in recruiting. We haven't had that really situation in a while since the early signing day. So it was a crazy 24-plus hours that I know you just alluded to. Take us through that busy Sunday because at a point I'm going to ask you a question about it. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm not surprised that Lance Hurd uh, committed to Tennessee out of LSU. I thought that was going to happen. We talked about that last week. That was kind of a given among not just me. I'm not trying to take credit for it, but uh, all those that cover Tennessee football, that started to shape up probably Wednesday, Thursday of last okay. week. We were pretty certain. Let, let me stop you there. He's actually enrolled, right? Yes, yes. So, so he is He is enrolled, and he was in the student directory as of Saturday morning. Okay, so that wasn't necessarily a Sunday development then, per se, was it? I mean, uh, technically, no, I guess. no. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – here's what I personally think probably happened. They said, you know, we could use a little boost. If you want to announce this on social media, that'd be great. But he actually talked to some reporters before he left Knoxville and confirmed as much. So that was pretty much done. So it's not the traditional announcement because he's not the traditional prospect who likes to say, hey, I'm going to Tennessee, and hey, I'm doing this. Just a really quiet guy which is ironic that his name's Heard, But um, <laughs> he's just a really – I mean, he, he's a really quiet guy, and you don't hear a lot from him. Um, so 
we thought it was Tennessee the whole time, but we didn't feel comfortable enough to call him a commitment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it, but, you know, it wasn't just him. It, this this has been a very, very productive week weekend into Monday morning for the University of Tennessee. And he was just one of the, the reasons for that. And, and I mean, Dave, it, when you go back to Saturday's win against Alabama, of course, we kind of knew what was coming this morning because George McIntyre was sitting with Josh Heifel during the Tennessee-Alabama basketball game and, and was photographed doing so. But, you know, you go back to that, that Tennessee-Alabama game, the beatdown that that was, beating Vanderbilt's women on Sunday, getting the two commitments out of the portal, then George this morning. Has there been a better 72 hours to be a Tennessee fan in a while? Oh, wow. Uh, you're making me go back. I remember thinking in 1998 when, um, you know, after that season and then Pat Summit's going good and the basket, the men's team's doing good, I, was, I thought to myself, people need to remember that this is not the norm. Um, mm. so you're, you're right. You should, you should definitely take uh, joy if you're a Tennessee fan in the past 72 hours. Um, I would I would argue actually the best weekend um, as far as who had the best weekend would be the football team, even though you're talking about on court victories because of three significant commitments. As, as Sunday played out, we learned about Jackson Moya, the defensive tackle uh, from Stanford, who uh, decided to come to Tennessee. Now we'll tell you that was a complete surprise, and I think he was blown away by Tennessee. And then you had the George McIntyre timing of his decision. I think that was just a matter of ironing things out over the weekend. I've long thought they would get McIntyre. You guys probably have as well. You're close to that situation. So, um, yeah, I think that it was a, I think it was a monster weekend for Tennessee athletics, but in particular, I think it was really big for Tennessee football as well. Um, couple reasons why real quick. I, I think that Moya was a surprise, like I mentioned, but the other is McIntyre. I mean, we're not hearing of, $8 million promised to a quarterback. I think NIL was probably a Band-Aid, a transition to get Tennessee from the Pruitt fiasco to being truly competitive. And you're talking about Tennessee going out and getting some prospects out of high schools, I don't think without promising you know seven digits of, of money in the McIntyre situation. So I think it, that in and of itself was, was a major step in the right direction for Tennessee's program as a whole, not to be long-winded, but remember we always, we asked about Josh Heupel, would he be a good enough recruiter in the SEC? Well, if I hand any of you guys $8 million, you can probably go out there and get me a prospect. Question is, what do you do after that? So to me, that was, that was a very positive, positive sign. Dave, did I not see somewhere that this is Heupel's eighth five-star since he's been at UT? Are we, okay, are we counting transfer guys like Brew McCoy? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and okay. I guess that well, does kind of skew it a little bit when you start including transfers. Well, you and you and I have uh, the same, uh, let's say, uh, journalistic minds because that mm-hmm. column is going up on Off the Hook Sports later this afternoon. I was waiting for Tennessee's release, actually, to make sure the midterm enrollees showed up. But that sounds about right. I'd had it to seven. And I was uh, going to go back and check some other guys that were um, transferring in. So, but that sounds about right. I think depending on what service you use, it's in that six to eight number. 
And again, does does the fact that some of those are transfers, does that take some of the luster off of that? Um, I don't think it does anymore. Um, I mean, I'm I'm old school like like you. So it used to be if if I saw a, a kid that went to junior college or had to go to prep school or especially transferred uh, high schools like Boo Carter did, it used to be a big red flag. I don't think that that necessarily is anymore. I think guys are are in it for better or for worse as businessmen, probably some better businessmen than others. But I don't think a, a kid's or a young man's fluid movement from school to school at any level is a red flag anymore. So if you'd have asked me that five years ago, I would have said, oh, no, that's that's terrible. That's a, that's a bad look. But I don't know that it is anymore. I just don't know that once you have actually played at the collegiate level, your number of stars is a thing to me. Um, oh no, I totally, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. So, so is he a if is, is he a five star uh, transfer? Okay, let's. I, I have watched <laughs> tape on him, but I don't. I mean, I don't pretend to be a scout, and I never have. Um, mm-hmm. Or another talent evaluator, but I've, I think you and I have been around it, and all three of us have been around it long enough where we can have a feel. This would it be at least be you know if you start one game and play in every game at an SEC school, especially like LSU, I think it's at the very as a freshman, I think it's at the very least a four star uh, transfer, if not a five star, especially when you consider Tennessee. Well, Dave, you know, and and the folks at Own Three, they kind of they've done that. They have re-starred some of these players based on their performance. And he was a four-star recruit out of Monroe, according to Own Three's ratings, and then is now a five-star guy. So, I mean, I think that's interesting that. You know, you go from a, a four star to a five star based on you know, your your ability and you know playing. I, I think that's that's a good thing for these for, for these twenty four seven on three folks. Obviously, uh, you know, it, it does make a difference though because you could be a four star and then you're a two star because you just didn't I, play I, well. I will just tell you, I covered Vanderbilt for two years, and I saw guys lose stars when they committed to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of – the star system does not do a whole lot for me, to be honest. Well, and because these I are – Because I, I have seen them sure. manipulate it based on where kids commit. Well, there, there's there's absolutely no question about that. Um, that that's that's 100% correct. Um, so I think that on three and two, four, seven sports have really strong followings in their local, um, sites that cover Tennessee. I think I've seen those, uh, ratings go up before when they show an interest at Tennessee, but admitted, I mean, they admit that when a coach or a school offers or shows interest. I mean, if Nick Saban, when he was coaching, offered you, you have to pay attention to that, include mm-hmm. that in your in your rankings. But I, I that yeah, that's 
That's something I have seen before. I don't think he got a boost. If you're asking this question, I don't think he got a boost because he picked Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think if if you're if you ask me retroactively, a guy comes into the SEC at one of the top half programs, which LSU clearly is, mm-hmm. starts one game, plays in all. He's not just a total scrub year number one. That to me is definitely a five star prospect. I don't. Then he was misrated coming out of high school. He should have been a five star at that point. He should have been a five star the entire time. Um, if you do that, that to me is enough to be a five star guy. I don't know about you guys. That's kind of my thoughts on it. I Makes agree. Sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Dave Hooker at the Dave Hooker on Twitter slash X from Off the Hook Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Dave, what are your feelings on George McIntyre? I mean, this is a five-star quarterback um, in the 2025 recruiting class who, as a junior, played on a 2-10 and Brentwood Academy team. Uh, and And I know that results at the high school level don't necessarily impact an individual's projection, but particularly at that position, is that concerning? Well, I mean, yes, I think level of play for the most part, when you're in the state of Tennessee, I know Nashville's grown a lot since I started doing this and has better football than it did 20 years ago. But I think for the most part um, that 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 certainly should be a factor with McIntyre or any other prospect within the state of Tennessee, because if you go into the Atlanta area or South Florida or places in Texas, they're playing a higher level of competition. Um, I think that you have to look at McIntyre's ability and kind of separate it, which, again, I know is difficult. but to, to me, he has the ability, and I watched a lot of tape on him over the weekend and this morning. Um, he has the ability to be able to es- escape some amount of pressure. Um, I'm not calling him a running quarterback. And nowadays, the definition of dual threat is way different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But he can make uh, things happen with his feet. He is not a runner it's not a Lamar Jackson type you know that but um I, I like his pocket presence I like his quick release I think he has a strong arm and not an uber strong arm but you saw what that got Tennessee last year so I believe that he's a, a very very solid pickup and one that Tennessee fans uh should, should certainly be excited about but if he has that same sort of production in the Atlanta area you're talking about you know, probably even a higher-rated prospect just by the nature of the territory. Even if he's not, look, look, and, and look, I, I'm going to be BVS here a little bit. Even if he's not very good at playing quarterback, when you sign a five-star quarterback, that immediately makes you more attractive to five-star wide receivers. And, you know, those type of things. So even the, you know, just the byproduct of getting a guy like George McIntyre makes your recruiting class 
automatically a little bit better because you're going to get interest from folks you may not have gotten interest from otherwise. I 110% agree with that. And um, I think it gets uh, Tennessee in the news on the X or Twitter or Musk or whatever it is. And um, I think it, it, it creates a, a churn. And I think that that is beneficial in and of itself. Let's say George McIntyre first week of December says, you know, uh, that, 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 uh, DeBoer got Alabama seems to have something on and changes his mind. Well, there could be guys that commit in response to his commitment. And then they say, Whoa, that Nico guy is good or the Merklinger guy is good. So I'm going to hang with my commitment, even though I originally committed because of McIntyre. Merklinger is the other quarterback that Tennessee has that's enrolled and uh, is a four star guy. So I totally believe that. Uh, that what you just said, quarterback is a special position. It's different from any other in sports. And I think you, it, it has a ripple effect. No question. Dave, we can't let you get out of here without talking a little bit about the other two events over the weekend. Again, uh, Tennessee downing Alabama 91-71 and, and forcing 22 turnovers. I think that was the biggest number coming out of that game. Um, and then the women defeating Vanderbilt, what, 73-64, big win over a surging Vanderbilt squad. So nice basketball weekend in and of itself for UT. That was a big one. And I've, I've got a statement that I'll throw out there for you, and I'll let you guys finish it. Dalton Connect is the best scorer at Tennessee since blank. Chris Lofton? Yeah, it's five. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, I, think, I, I think he's better than that. So yeah, but he's who, the best who, since. Who would you fill in the blank with? How far back Bernard would you King. go? I'm sorry, who? Bernard, Bernard King. King. Bernard King. Oh. I think he's – and I know, I, know I'm, I know I'm going above Allen Houston, and I, I'm aware of that. But Allen Houston took an awful lot of shots. And um, Allen Houston was a very, very, very good NBA player. So I'm strictly talking about in college. Um, I think he can score right up. And I know I'm ahead of the curve, and I could prove to be 100% wrong a month from now, and you could be making fun of me um, like some people were the Milton. (laughs) But I, um, I I think he's that good. Um, and I thought that for a while based off watching, it reminds me of Jason Tatum a lot, um, for the Celtics. And I think he's the type of guy that can help Rick Barnes break through any sort of scoring drought they might have in the NCAA tournament and, uh, help his, his, his final four record, which is just one as of now, I, I think he's that good. I could be totally wrong a month from now, but I think he's that good of a score. No, I I don't think you are, and I think you make sense in a Bernard King comparison in that both Chris Lofton and Allen Houston were more perimeter-oriented players, while Dalton Nick can connect, excuse me, can score it on the block as he showed in that Alabama game. I mean, he's he's a classic can score at all three levels type yep. guy, whereas. <laughs> 
you know, Houston and certainly Lofton weren't guys that were going to take you down on the block and post you up and, and shoot jump hooks and that kind of thing. I, I think I think that's a good – that's a pretty good comparison there to me. And and for both – and Bernard King predates me a little bit. I do enjoy studying history, but so I'll be 50 in March. So for those that, I mean, are maybe younger – Bernard King, if not for the injury, and correct me if I'm wrong, though, but uh, if not. not for the injury in the NBA, he's one. He's one of the best players in the '80s, and that's saying something, right? Mm-hmm. He he was one of the best players in the '80s with the injury, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, so that just goes to tell you. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just think with his versatility, with his game, again, he. He could post you, he could stroke it, and he could do everything in between. I, that's, I think that's a great comparison, Dave. Really, your your age notwithstanding. So he changes, he changes <laughs> Tennessee's, he changes Tennessee's potential mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament single-handedly by himself. Yeah, and and he's a guy that makes everybody else better as well, just with his presence. Because you have to devote so much attention to him that eventually Jordan uh, Josiah Jordan James is going to go for 30 on somebody just because you're so worried about connect. I completely I mean, agree. And did anybody ever say that about Allen Houston? Probably not. Probably not. No, he was, he, I mean, he, yeah, he was, he was kind of the, the vest, he was the Viscovy kind of guy. He wasn't. He wasn't the creator. He's going to go for thirty at some point because you're so concerned about connect. We got we got vintage Vescovy, I think the Saturday. I mean that was kind of so. I, I feel like that was a big deal. And you know, this Tennessee basketball team is different. I think they're different in a lot of ways, including that Rick Barnes coaches them a little differently than he's coached other teams. So. Ah. Uh. I think the one, I mean, we could nitpick about how they slow and that they grind it out at times or have previously under Barnes. And then, you know, whether or not you should call a timeout and he's scoring drought, we could talk about all that. But I think the one biggest change that if you're Tennessee fans, you want to see out of Rick Barnes and his approach this year is when they get in those scoring droughts, does he have the willingness to, to set the coaching uh, clipboard aside for a second and say, hey, you four guys come stand next to me and Dalton, uh, you go score. Because I think that's going to be the difference in them in the NCAA tournament this year as opposed to previous years. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, Kelly Harper, how much good did Sunday do her? I think it did a world of good. Um, and, and listen, I'm, I will openly say that I think it's going to eventually end poorly for Kelly Harper. And I hope that I'm wrong. But it is still a tournament sport. So m- no matter how bad a loss looks in December, if you make the Final Four, whether you're Rick Barnes or Kelly Harper or Bob Jones coaching Southwest Missouri State, um, you, you, you're going to have a successful year. So I firmly believe that, um, there's a lot left to be said on the season. 
And I think that, um, you know, Kelly Harper has every opportunity to remain Tennessee's head coach for a long time if she has success in March. So this weekend was great, but ultimately the conversation is going to be best had right around my birthday when I turn 50. Sounds fun. Let's do it. Have I mentioned, have I, have I mentioned that I turn, I'm turning 50? I mean, kind of, I don't know if I'm depressed or excited. <laughs> Mo, where are you, by the way? <laughs> depressed or excited? I'm, I'm ahead of you, for sure. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm definitely ahead of you. I, I saw Bernard King, so let me, let me just leave it there. <laughs> we'll but, leave uh, it there. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think I was eight when he got drafted. Is that, does that sound about right or six? I mean, when did he get drafted? Um, he would have been seventy. No, eight. I think so. Seventy-eight or nine? Seven, seventy-eight. Year yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the year before Bird and Magic, so maybe seventy-nine. So I would have been five. But I do <laughs> do my research, and I, I ask people like you that are smarter than me. Um, and if if you like what I said, I'm definitely pushing that on off the hook sports now harder than ever. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm I'm glad I could help. <laughs> Dave Hooker with Off the Hook Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Dave, we appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime. You guys take care. Thanks. Bernard King was drafted seventh overall in seventy seven. Seventy seven? Okay. Yes. Triple sevens. Okay. Uh we'll just forego a break since we got two in between the first segment in this one. We got all our sponsors in in the first hour already, so let's just go to our Monstars, Justin. Sorry, I threw that on him. Shouldn't have. He wasn't ready. It's okay. I'm not ready either. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, Have you... Have you seen anybody that just makes, that just jumps out at you and says, hey, this is the guy? I've got a couple. All Um, right. Me too. All right. We'll let you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. In in a losing effort, unfortunately, Trey Green, who had scored 15 points in 14 games for MTSU, went six of eight from behind the three-point arc, finished with 18 points in the Blue Raiders' 73-62 loss Saturday night out at New Mexico State, dropping them to 0-4 in Conference USA play. I'm going to go with Mike Evans. Mm. Even though they lost 8 for 147, he and Baker, they're going to be they're going to be hard to deal with if they both stay in Tampa Bay as Mike Evans alluded they would. Well, going forward. As Todd Bowles mm. basically pleaded, say, I don't want to talk about a team that doesn't have Mike Evans on it. So, yeah, that's um did you did you see the statistic that Mike Evans is the first player in the history of the NFL to start his first ten seasons to be a, to have a thousand yards receiving? No. And that's that's an incredible statistic. Well, it's an incredible st- statistic in Tampa Bay in particular. I would love to go back <laughs> and see who those quarterbacks, quarterbacks were. Yeah. He managed uh, a thousand yards each season outside of Tom Brady. Um, uh, you think, you know, gosh, I couldn't name them all, but no, no. here's the, here's the more absurd statistic. 
if he did it for 10 more years and doubled his production, he would still have fewer receiving yards than Jerry Rice. Mm. <laughs> if he doubled his yearly production for the next, for the next 10, 10 years, years, he would still have fewer yards than Jerry Rice. Mm. That's amazing. All Difference right. maker. Yeah, Never just a little bit. Justin, do you have a, 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 a guy? Justin, Justin, Bueller. calling Justin. Guess not. That's okay. okay. It's okay. All right, go ahead. Number two. Uh, number two. He will be quarterbacking on his home field in the AFC championship game. Lamar Jackson, 152 passing yards, 16 of 22 with a pair of touchdowns. 100 rushing yards with a pair of touchdowns as the Ravens defeated Houston 34-10 after being tied 10-10 at the half with the Texans' only touchdown coming on a punt return. So That's a good one. Pretty dominant All right, performance I'm, by the Ravens and by Lamar. I'm about to go way off the board. Go ahead. Because this will be the first time that we have had a monstar from the National Hockey League. Mm-mm. Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche not only scored two goals, but also had two assists in the Colorado 7-4 win over Philadelphia on Saturday. So give it up for the guy scoring six points. That's that's solid. That's I you know, I was there, there was a couple guys who had hat tricks over the weekend, but I was like, not only did he score two, but he he gave he he had two assists. So let's mm-hmm. let's give let's give the man some love. So I I thought that might be the play. So Good team all right. player. I bet he was the first star in that game. He was. Okay. Um, I'm going to the glass house. Oh. Third pick. Two MTSU in a in a single day. Yes, Savannah Wheeler scored 30 points, including 13 of 14 from the line as the Lady Raiders stayed unbeaten in conference play with an 85-48 win over New Mexico State. All right. My final Monstar. Uh, Let's go Cody McMahon. Mm, From Ohio State? Ohio State. Women's basketball player who led her team with 33 points, 12 boards, and a 192 overtime win over second-ranked Iowa over the weekend. And anytime that you can go double-double with 30-plus and a win over the number two team in the country, I think you deserve some accolades. So, Cody, there they are. All right. Now, let's take a break. When we come back, Terry McCormick is standing by, and we'll talk a little Titans uh, right after this. I don't know if Justin's still here. I don't think he is. Take us to a break, Chris. I guess I will, in fact. So, we'll be right back in a moment. He shoots, and he scores! Yeah. 
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, we go now to Terry McCormick in the Daily Titans Update. Terry, what's up, man? How are you guys? It is your Daily Titans Report, and it's brought to you, as always, by Zen Sports. Looks like the Titans coaching search has taken a little turn in some interesting directions. Got three guys who have been reported that are going to have second interviews with the club. Uh, in terms of, you know, going forward, they can now have in-person interviews. So, uh, an in-person interview with Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator, and then there's also supposedly one uh, scheduled with Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. And then, if you're looking for an upset pick. Thomas Brown, the uh, Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator, is part of a staff that probably is going to be disassembled whenever they hire a new coach. So uh, interesting uh, interesting moves there. And they also had an in-person interview yesterday with former Stanford coach David Shaw. So ask away. Now, David Shaw was in person, right? Is that what you said or did you say? Yes, apparently David Shaw was an in-person interview, according to what the Titans sent out. And that was his first, was that his first interview? That was his first interview with the Titans. He had also interviewed, I think, with the Chargers this offseason, but his first interview here. And he kind of gets special consideration because he wasn't coaching anywhere in Mm -hmm. 2023. There are rules in place for all the guys who are assistants and whatnot on staffs around the league. But David Shaw uh, doesn't fit that qualification because he wasn't coaching anywhere in, uh, this past season, much less in the NFL. Okay. Um, so with Shaw and with Thomas, Thomas Brown, they have um, fulfilled the Rooney rule. Is that correct? That is correct. They have fulfilled the Rooney rule, which means that once the interview with Brown is complete, uh, they can hire anyone that they want to. Now, that's kind of interesting because a lot of people felt like Aaron Glenn and Mike McDonald, who are both still playing and mm-hmm. are off limits until next week. Uh, they can't do in-person. They Sorry, cannot do in-person. They can do Zoom, right? They cannot do anything this week until next Monday. Then they can do in-person interviews. And then it's Interesting, too, that Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson never interviewed with the Titans in a Zoom interview, so they can't talk to him uh, for the first time until next week if they're still interested in him. So interesting. It sounds as if he's not interested in them. It could be very well be that. But the thing of it is, is this, because if I remember correctly, the Titans moved up in the draft. 
to get Will Levis. And I think the team that they had planned that they insisted on jumping was the Lions, who apparently would have had some interest in Will Levis because they were afraid he was going to be taken there. Because if you'll remember, in in the very next round, in the third round, the Lions took Hendon Hooker. <laughs> That's right. So they were in the market for a quarterback, and the Titans felt it necessary to jump them in the process to get up in order to be able to grab Levis. That's interesting. Yeah, and the thing the thing with these coaches, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but of these three that are are scheduled for these second interviews, to me, Brian Callahan would appear to be far and away the most interesting choice in my mind because you're talking about a guy who's worked with Joe Burrow. He worked with Matthew Stafford uh, prior to that. So you're talking about a guy who knows how to develop quarterbacks. Dan Quinn, I mean, I'm not sure what the fascination is there. I mean, I think he Mm. probably has the highest floor, but I think everybody kind of knows what Dan Quinn is and isn't. So, you know, are you – are you really improving your stock going from Mike Brable to Dan Quinn in this process? Depends on whether or not he's bringing Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I doubt he is. Then and then you then maybe really this is good. I mean, <laughs> and then the Thomas Brown situation. I mean, I I guess the poor guy got a raw deal in Carolina where nothing worked for anybody, but still, that's kind of a stain on your resume. Uh, when you say offensive coordinator for a team that won two games and averaged about 12 points a game this year, that, that's, that doesn't scream hire me if I'm it, sitting there in Rand Carthon's seat. It doesn't scream hire me, but, you know, when your head coach, as we've talked often on this show, is an offensive guy, how much is your offensive coordinator doing? And I that mean, is this true. was more of a, this was more of a Frank Reich fiasco I would think than a Thomas Brown issue that's true and then I've heard some people say that perhaps you know because Thomas Brown hasn't drawn any head coaching interest from any other team that has a vacancy including the one that he's currently a member of (laughs) so I've heard some people say that they may be interviewing him because they might have him in mind as an offensive coordinator candidate if he's not the head coach which would make some sense because he kind of comes from that Sean McVet tree uh, of coaching candidates. So, you know, you could put him in as the offensive coordinator if you hire Brian Callahan to be the head coach. And then, uh, you know, you've got a couple of the pieces in place going forward. I still think yeah. if I'm the Titans, I would wait for Aaron Glenn. Yeah, I mean – I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think Aaron Glenn and Mike McDonald both would be worth uh, talking to a second time. If you're going to go defense. Still playing here. And uh, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly, you know, where this situation goes, you know, and the other thing too is, you know, Bobby Slowick, who was kind of the hot name early on, uh, unless something surfaces here in the next couple of days, he looks like he may have fallen behind some of the others here. Did he? Did you know? 
did he lose traction because of what happened on Sunday or Saturday? I mean, or, or, or is it just because there are 25 candidates out there right it now feel, for every it job feels like to me that he didn't lose traction as much as other folks maybe moved ahead of him. It's possible. I mean, you know, I'll say this, Mike McDonald kind of ate his lunch on, on Saturday, especially in the second half, you know, I mean, for the first time probably since very early in the season, C.J. Stroud kind of looked like a rookie, and Bobby Slowick in the Texans' offense didn't really have the answers, uh, you know, well, to try and fix that in game. So they had zero you know, run game I, though. And again, when you go, when you end up one dimensional in the against the number one team in the conference, you're going to look bad. Oh yeah, and 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 that's you know. Look, that's what the Ravens have done for the better part of 25 years, going back to Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You know, they could they could run me out there at quarterback and still manage to win the game 10 to six with the defenses they've had over the years. Well, I mean, they did run Trent Dilfer out there, which is about the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, no, no, you're not. No, sorry, not sorry. No, no exactly. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, but it is interesting because that, that that is just what the Ravens do, and I'm not sure that that is something that can be replicated, replicated. everywhere. Right. And and the Texans' offensive line was back half of the uh, of the league this year by almost all accounts. That I I went and looked because Troy Aikman said that they were not very good, and I thought. I thought they were pretty good at times. So they were definitely good against us. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? And then I, I go back and look, and I mean, literally every ranking has them 18, 19, 20. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, where they, where they were good enough is, though, they had they had good pieces in place at tackle with Laramie Tunsil and George Fant. They had good good pieces in place at tackle. And. When you can protect the edge like that, you know, it may not, it may not, you know, be very favorable to running the football, but it is favorable to protecting the quarterback. And I think that was probably job one for those guys trying to protect the prize quarterback that they had just drafted. Makes it. <laughs> there you go. Glad they figured that out. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. All right. All right. Like I said, guys. Yesterday, I made the mistake on Twitter of asking just as asking a simple question that involved a certain yep, pop don't star. Don't do that. Yeah, and just got attacked mercilessly. I, I swear, in the last twelve hours, I've blocked more people than Andre Dillard did all year. Jesus, <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's that. Well, you know, it, <laughs> I am. I. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was I, I one of your better lines, Terry. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I got to tip my tip my cap. <laughs> tip the hat to you on that one. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's gonna be enough of this daily Titans update. Again, powered by Zen Sports. Visit TitanInsider.com for the latest with Terry McCormick, and we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. 
That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Mo, you were sitting down, then you weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I brought us issues. Yeah, we're good. Like, we're what? good. Sorry about that. Oh, man. It's good to well, be back. It is good to be back here on this, this uh, Monday I, mirror. I know you were feeling a little lonesome there for, for a stretch, probably. Well, 
<laughs> abandoned, maybe. I wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready. Sorry about that. It's all good. It's all good. It's uh, we'll continue talking a little NFL. We got plenty of NFL to talk about, Mo. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's bring in Ben Arthur, who joins us now from Fox Sports. Ben, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, we're actually starting to warm up, Ben, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I see the, the sun has started to come out. The snow is melting. Uh, so that's all. All positive signs. I, I absolutely. Was yeah. I, I can I can see the grass in my yard for the first time in a week. So it's yeah. it's good to know it's still there and hasn't been stolen like some people's driveways that we've mm. talked about on the show. But um, Ben, the AFC South has been eliminated from the postseason. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you now? Uh, well, for me, um, I, I mean, I'm not completely done, actually. I, I'm going to be helping with uh, our Super Bowl coverage in Las Vegas. Uh, tough tough and, gig. Yeah, t- real tough, right? Uh, so that, that, that should be fun. Um, even though I won't be traveling to Baltimore, I, I, I'll also be helping remotely with the AFC championship um, coverage to um, – but yeah, other than that, I mean, just starting to plan out off-season stories for my four teams. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's about it. What's the story for this team here? <laughs> As if we don't know. Yeah, for for the Titans, yeah, I mean, f- figuring out the head coach. Uh, it's, I mean, Rand wasn't lying when he was saying it would be like an exhaustive search, like from, I think they've uh, more than, they've had more than 10 candidates in uh, for, for interviews, like most of them virtual to this point. And they're both offensive, defensive, some with previous head coaching experience, like a a Dan Quinn, uh, some who are older, who've never been a head coach, like uh, Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, some, some, some young up and comers, like, Bobby Slovic and and Mike McDonald, uh, who put on a really impressive performance for the Ravens last week, uh, and uh, Brian Callahan, uh, offensive coordinator from the Bengals, who seems to be uh, a, a popular, uh, like a fan favorite, so to speak, uh, among a lot of the Titans fans I see on on X. It seems like even though he's not an offensive play caller, that of course, goes to Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. He is plays an intricate role in just kind of how their their offense is schemed up and, and his work with the quarterbacks. Uh, so it, it's really hard to draw many conclusions uh, at this point with the Titans search because, as I said, it has been such a wide net and it seems like they're just now starting those uh, second interviews in person. Um, but, uh, so, so I couldn't really tell you what exactly we, what, what they're looking for, because we didn't really get much of an answer to that from Rand when, when we had him in person a, a couple weeks ago, and, and then just with how wide the search has been. Um, but I, I think w- if you look at what the other teams in the division have done, like you look at what Shane Steichen has already done with Indy and, uh, what 
D'Amico Ryans has done in Houston, um, maybe going younger uh, would would seem to make sense. Uh, but I, I guess we'll see. I, I don't really have a good answer of what exactly the Titans are are doing in terms of head coach. It's okay. I don't, I'm not sure anybody else does either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you're going to be helping with AFC championship coverage. How do you feel like that Baltimore, um, and I just went blank, Baltimore-Kansas City game breaks down? Well, it's going to be a treat, like with the quarterbacks, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, who really seems to be on a mission this year. I think we all kind of know the general chatter about him, like how he's been so great in the regular season, but historically in the playoffs hasn't really delivered. Uh, and, and then just, I think just the narrative about him in general from the time he was drafted, like should he, you know, some people saying he should be a running back or, or a wide receiver to this pass off season where it seems like so many teams in need of quarterbacks passed on him when they have the chance to, and uh, looks like he's going to win his second MVP and and really delivered uh, in in brilliant fashion in, in the divisional round last week. I was in Baltimore uh, to witness that and it, with four total touchdowns, really dominating the game, uh, just kind of put, put Baltimore on, on his back in that second half to spark that 24-0 run was, was special uh, to see what he did there. So... It's going to be be a lot of fun, but you, you can never for, for the Ravens uh, sake. But from from the Chiefs perspective, I mean, I know this isn't the same Chiefs team per se. I mean, a lot of people say this. This is the worst Chiefs team of the Patrick Mahomes era just overall. Um, but you still have Mahomes. Right. And, and this is the best defense he's had uh, in this run that they've had to six straight AFC champion. AFC championship game. So um, I think you got Mahomes and an elite defense. Anything can happen. I, I mean, they were just in Buffalo to get Mahomes is really his first true road playoff win. Right. And, and now they're going to Baltimore, which is going to be a, a crazy atmosphere um, to, to see kind of like what, what's going to happen there. That that should be a fun one. But man, I, I want to say I want to say Lamar and the Ravens, but it's really hard to to go against Mahomes uh, in the playoffs. So I would say Chiefs are kind of my early choice to to return to the Super Bowl. Wow, that is it's really hard for me to go against Baltimore right now. They just look so dominant on defense, but they did it against a team that. You know, we've seen a few times this year in the Houston Texans. Did you feel like that was more Houston or more Baltimore? Um, I, I would say it, it was definitely more Baltimore. Um, they 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 threw a lot of things at um, at Stroud and and Bobby Slovic, uh, just with like the the different pressure packages and just I think the fact that they were able to completely erase the Texans run game was huge I mean the, the Texans had less than 40 rushing yards for the entire game uh there, there was literally no threat of a run like Devin Singletary was completely bottled up the Texans became extremely one-dimensional uh they took away 
the Texans' deep passing game, which is really their strength, right? Like taking the top off of the defense. Uh, really, the only success Stroud was able to have was it seemed like a lot of those quick strikes to the flat, or there were a couple of times where he was able to um, do some off schedule stuff um, after kind of like breaking contain and, and whatnot. But for the most part, uh, it was really a, a lot of short passing because that, that was really the only thing that seemed to be working for the Texans. So I have to give a lot of credit to what uh, the Ravens were able to do, what Mike McDonald from a play calling standpoint uh, on the reef, on, on the Raven side was able to do. Um, but, but I, I mean, that, that Ravens defense is so talented across the board. I, I know the Browns have the number one overall defense, uh, in, in terms of yards allowed, but the Ravens did have the number one scoring defense and, and you look at their talent on every level, right? Like whether it's just Justin Matabuke in the middle, um, right up front, and then the linebackers, they might have the best linebacker tandem in the league. And then, of course, Kyle Hamilton on the back end. So um, I think it, that game said a lot more about what the Ravens were able to do uh, than the Texans' shortcomings. Because that, that the week prior, uh, going back to the Browns, I mean, Stroud carved them. I mean, they, they, they totally carved up the number one defense, right? And so for the Ravens to make them look like the complete opposite just one week later, I think says a lot more about them. I disagree. I, you know, and, and this is the AFC has, has been kind of fluctuating this year with Baltimore really kind of having been from, from post to wire the, the, the most talented and number one team in in the AFC, but if anybody can, it's this Kansas City team. But you know, do you feel like Kansas City having had to play in Buffalo and and having to play a first round game? You know, it's the playoffs, man. You got that. You've got the seventeenth game now. Is it? Are we in a situation where now? fatigue and traveling and weather and all of the things that the Kansas City's had to deal with kind of catches up to them? I don't think so. I think more so than anything, this Chiefs team has more of a chip on its shoulder than every other team because every other year, right, it seemed like they were just expected to win and everything was humming on offense and Mahomes, you know, blah, blah, blah. But this year, a lot of struggles offensively. Patrick Mahomes had his worst year statistically. Um, a, a lot of doubters, a lot of cris- criticism, a lot of people saying that this Chiefs team, a lot of people, a lot of people were saying that they could go like one, you know, it uh, like one one win and out, or just uh, one, just kind of get to the playoffs only to get bounced their first game. And so they, they've had more motivation from the outside of the building than they've had in every other year. And then I I think with, I don't know if you guys saw, but Patrick Mahomes put out an Instagram post after their win last night. And it was basically a shot at the bills because uh, Deion Dawkins on the bills had, uh, I don't remember the exact context, but he had basically said, good luck 
to the Chiefs because they were going to get them at their house this this time as opposed to Kansas City. And he kind of ended that whatever he said with like a good luck. And then the caption of Mahomes' Instagram photo after the win was like, quote, good luck, end quote, or, or something along those lines. So these the, these Chiefs just have a lot more of a chip on their shoulder. And I think a motivated Patrick Mahomes, a motivated Chiefs team is very, very dangerous and in, in, in a version of the Chiefs that we haven't seen. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think that the, the tr- additional travel is going to get to them because I, I think they're fueled in a way that they haven't been in previous years. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, and their team's full of veterans, right? Yeah. Their team yeah. is full of veterans. I mean, they travel during the regular season. They've not traveled a lot this time of year and uh, haven't played in Buffalo snow, I don't guess. I don't know. But, I mean, um, that chip of having to go on the road, of being doubted, of you know, like you said, all of that, when you take that motivation and point it in the right direction, you come up with a dangerous bunch, like you just said, Ben. And I, I can see that. It, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game Sunday. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to pick a, a winner, but I just I just hope it lives up to the hype. So looking forward to that. Um, any thoughts on the NFC at all? I know oh. you don't deal with them nearly as much. Yeah, NFC, I don't really have as many thoughts. I mean, I just can't help but just notice just how how great of a job that the Lions have done, right? Like, we all know how historically bad they've been and how well they've drafted. That's been, like, the biggest thing. Like, they obviously, you know, traded for Goff, and he's been a a good, like, system fit, and, and Ben Johnson, what he's been able to do as a play caller, but they've really hit it like the last three drafts, right? Whether it's Jameer Gibbs or Sam Laporta, who already looks like he's on Hall of Fame trajectory, like assuming he can. If you ever have a chance to take an Iowa tight end, take him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't, don't hesitate about Iowa tight ends. Just, just take him. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Laporta looks fantastic. Brian Branch, uh, Alabama guy, looks fantastic. Aiden Hutchison, uh, the second overall pick last year. They drafted Panay Sewell a few years ago. I mean, they they really, they look like they're just set up for the next several several years just to be a Super Bowl contender because of how well they've drafted and with the experience that these guys have now, regardless of what happens in San Francisco, that um, they're really set up moving forward. Um, so, so I, I'm a huge fan of what the Lions have been able to do. And, and we all know what the juggernaut that the 49ers are having talent, all pro caliber talent, it seems like everywhere. But I think for the Lions, like just the feel good story, right. And what Dan Campbell has done and all of that, I think that's been uh, really special to watch from afar with Detroit. No doubt. Ben Arthur here with us on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Ben, look, looking forward to you getting a break at least for a bit when this coaching search is over and Super Bowl winds down and 
all of the things that go along with that. But until then, I'm not too worried about Ben because Ben's getting ready to go out to Vegas for a few days and and hang out. And well, I'll tell you, you know, he's going to be doing he's going to be exactly. doing a lot of work. I've covered a Super Bowl. It's a, there's a lot of work. Yeah, Super Bowl week is a lot, so I'm anticipating there being a lot. But but I mean to do that, but it's a lot it's, in it's, Vegas. Exactly. Exactly. As opposed to a lot of other places. Yeah. So enjoy that. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Ben Arthur of Fox Sports joining us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Chris, you want to take us out? Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Mo. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get out of here. When we come back, we will get to a little bit about the rest of the NFL and how we felt about the weekend. So stick around. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Back here on this edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao and Mo Patton, and NFL weekend that was, Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start and hopefully get out quickly so that certain people don't get angry at us with Green Bay. <laughs> Fortunately, that game was Saturday and not yesterday, so she's kind of had some time to to get over it. But um, didn't had, didn't love that last throw. Nah, huh? Yes, yes, yes. I um I kind of had to talk her off the ledge on that one, though. I mean, yeah, young kid trying to make a play. It's not something he'll do again, you know, and. It ain't like it's the first time a Packers quarterback has thrown against his body into the middle of the field and been picked off. <laughs> it's kind of a rite of passage for those guys. At times. At times. certainly seems that way. Yeah, you know, uh, it's really I bad. I don't decision. think they were going to win anyway. Right. It was a bad decision, but it, it wasn't the end-all, be-all, why they lost the game. There were a lot of things that, that went into to that to, to that loss. And, and, but like but that being like said... Their, their kicker, for one. Well, tough weekend for kickers. Uh, yeah. And, and and we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really felt like the Packers were... were in that game. I, I mean, they, they had the ball with a chance to win it. And against the number one seed, that's really all you can ask for at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the number one seed, obviously, on the road, you're you're the number seven seed. I, I think I think Green Bay was the youngest team in the postseason. I mean, they've grown up a lot, but they've still got some growing up to do. I think so. Yeah, I mean, this was a team that was playing its best ball at the right time, and 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 you know, you you give them credit for that, and. It, you know, it's it's a really good year for for Jordan Love in his first year as a full time starter and not having to worry about, you know, the rest of the things going on around him in Green Bay. When he when he stopped trying to worry about, you know, living up to the legacy of the last two guys, hmm. I think he finally found his you know, found his place and you know for all the issues that that they had in this game they were winning going into the fourth quarter mm-hmm. yeah. and you and i were both going oh dear <laughs> uh, we had our concerns yes. we, did. we did and and you gotta say you know there were times where i thought Gosh, Green Bay just looks like a far superior team right now. And I think that's a problem for San Francisco going forward. I think it is because I'm not sure that postseason Brock Purdy is who you need. In a quarterback-driven sport, if I have the choice between Jared Goff and Brock Purdy, you know who I'm picking. Mm. And oh, by the way, Jamar Gibbs or Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. is, you know, I I understand the 49ers have a lot of weapons. 
they've got Debo and C-Mac and Jawan Jennings, who certainly had an interesting game blocking. <laughs> he had an interesting game receiving. I think he had six catches, you know, with Debo out second half. They went to him a little bit more, but he's it, it's crazy. I mean, you've got to know on third down that's where they're coming, and yet still productive. Yeah, George Kittle. I, Brandon, I, you, speaking, they got speaking of Iowa tight ends. Yeah, they've got they, they've got weapons, but you know, I'm after watching these two games, you feel really good about the Lions' chances to get to the Super Bowl. Goodness gracious! And and when did you ever think you'd say that? I don't know, but if they do, we will most certainly have to. Uh, bring in our old friend Brady McAtamney to talk think, about it. You, you think he would have anything to say on the air that would be airable? <laughs> he would say, we're going to the ship. <laughs> going to the Just ship. Over and over and over. over and, and you know what? Yeah. That would be worth it. Uh, <laughs> because Jared Goff right now, along with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, they are just an offensive juggernaut. And, you know, what they did in the fourth quarter was, well, I mean, exactly what the 49ers did. This is just a really good football team finding ways to win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that last drive was, was kind of crazy. Um, and when they had to have one, they, they went and put one together. And uh, I said at the beginning of the year that I'm not sure how much I trust Jared Goff, and I'm still not. But he seems to be able to overcome his mistakes. See, I I have always been a, I trust Jared Goff. I don't trust the rest of the Lions. Oh, well, then you're in luck. <laughs> because, because the, the rest, rest of, of the Lions are, really are well. And exactly, yeah. So it's it's working out really. Yeah, if, if it's the rest of the lines that are your concern, then you don't have a concern. I think Jameer Gibbs has been a massive, and I hate to say this because I I love the kid, covered him in high school, but you know he's he's been a massive upgrade over um, the kid who went to Auburn that was there last year. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking or about. Or two years ago, that. even. Um, but, yeah, I, I, this run game has made it a lot easier on Jared Goff. He's mm -hmm. not been – I know he threw the ball 43 times, but he's not been asked to, to win games this year as much as he has been in the past. And I think that, that makes a difference going into the postseason when, you know – it's not just been all year just beating on you and beating on you. I've got to win the game. I've got to win the game. He's not been had to do that. So, you know. And, and like, you know, to to um, to Ben's point in the last segment, you know, when you've got a Sam Laporta at the tight end, when you've got Josh Reynolds and Eamon Ross St. Brown. Is, is anybody better than him right now? It's a heck of a question. Anybody still playing anyway? Because I mean, we talked about Mike Evans, but I, I'm I'm not sure there is. I mean, over the last six weeks, Amon Ross St. Brown might be 
the best receiver in the league over that time period. Mm -hmm. What a, I mean, and, and, and you can't stop it. You know, the ball's going to him and you can't stop him. Kind of like what you just said about Juwan Jennings and Kittle, but I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone for going back to Christmas Eve, 14 for 106, 8 for 90, 10 for 144, 9 for 110, and uh, 8 for 77. And had a touchdown at all except the Rams game last week. Is that good? That seems good. That seems good. I, I mean, he's he's been unreal. So when you've got weapons like that, like you said, it makes it a lot easier on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had to be reminded last night, if Jared Goff was to get to the Super Bowl, this would be his second. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's easy to forget a 13-3 Super Bowl. <laughs> very oh very I'm not gonna easy. be too hard on myself as far as that goes but it's gonna be interesting and i don't want to i don't want to pile on here but <laughs> but uh scott norwood has a friend I think I just saw in the last 15 minutes or so that that dude had to delete his Twitter account. I'm sure he did, and that's unfortunate. It really is. But especially in Buffalo, they should be used to it. <laughs> no doubt. Scott Norwood definitely would have had to delete his, his social media. There's had there no been question. One. Yeah, yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah, I don't know how you miss I don't know how you missed that field goal. That's that's tough. And yeah. That is tough. But here's the thing. He's not been great all year. He's uh, He only made 82% of his free field goals. So, I mean, there wasn't a great chance he was going to make it in the first place. And then you add in the Buffalo curse. You know what the field goal did, though? The missed field goal did? Took the heat off Josh Allen. Okay, so let's talk about that because I am not a Josh <laughs> Allen fan. Hmm? I am not a Josh Allen fan. We have we have established this on a number of occasions in on this show. But I'm not sure what more Josh Allen could have done last night to give his team a chance to win. He hit Stephon Diggs in the hands with a touchdown. And Stefan Diggs dropped it with the game on the line. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously he didn't, you know, he, he didn't have a lot of yards and didn't look great in the statistics. But, I mean, crap. 12 carries for 72 yards. He was doing everything he could possibly do. I'm not sure how much better he could have played and given, their, given them a chance to win, is I guess all I'm saying. But people are always going to blame who? It all comes back to the quarterback. It all, and and that's just you know social media wise, not necessarily you know folks who actually watch football and understand it like like we do. But it's it is interesting how Josh Allen does get a lot of heat, and I don't know that I don't know that that loss was on him. I just 
feel like, and I kind of alluded to this a little bit on Twitter last night, I think there is a faction that would have you believe that Josh Allen is, you know, one of the one of the three best quarterbacks in the National Football League, maybe, and then I pulled that number out of the air. But he doesn't necessarily have the the skins on the wall to live up to that. And he's He's gotten Buffalo to a point, and that's been as far as he's been able to get them. Now, maybe it's not all his fault, but, again, he's the quarterback, and a lot comes with that, including that perception. I would agree with that. I would also tell you that he's 27 years old, and I don't know if he's Phillip Rivers or Peyton Manning yet, but had we um had we judged Peyton Manning on what he had done by 27 he wouldn't have had an MVP yet would not have had a Super Bowl appearance would not have beaten Tom Brady yet in the playoffs i think there's a lot of things now for every Peyton Manning there are a dozen Dan Marinos and Philip Rivers I'm not saying he's going to get it done. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, I don't know that he's, again, I don't think he's a top, I don't think he's a top five. Now would be a good time for me to tell you that Patrick Mahomes is 28. I understand that, but I think there's a lot of, there's, there's a big difference. One, I, I think Patrick Mahomes has a far better coaching staff. I think that's that's number one. <laughs> okay. He's also got better weapons. I mean, Stefan Diggs has been there for what, three years now? And yeah. you know, and so and he's been the guy for them. They ain't had a whole lot else. So I I'm not making any by far be it for me to be a Josh Allen apologist. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that you know, he might be Philip Rivers. He might be Peyton Manning that needs to be 30 before he gets to a Super Bowl because they finally get a, a decent defense in there or or a couple of extra options on the outside, et cetera. I don't know. I don't know whether he is or not. But we'll look back at his career and I, I think he'll he will have he will have been a top seven quarterback in the league for the duration of his career. One, his career's already lasted longer than probably half the quarterbacks in the league anyway. So <laughs> there's that. He's one of the 14, though, Mo. <laughs> mm. When we talk about the Bills' defense, by the way, we would be grossly remiss if we did not mention former Centennial High School standout and former Centennial Mr. Football, Tyrell Dodson, who changed numbers on me. For the longest, I didn't realize he was 25 instead of 53. But once I started, once I made that realization, dude was making plays all over the field for Buffalo last night. I'm trying to find his final stats. Uh, Seven solo tackles, one tackle for loss. Thank you, Dodson. <clears throat> and created that fumble for the longest one through the end zone. He was. Hello? Go ahead. 
No, he he created that fumble that went through the end zone for a touchback after the Buffalo turnover on an interception, right? Yeah. How do you feel about that rule? I don't know. I mean, it, it's I mean, it's a rule. It's been a rule. I, what would the alternative be? Bring it back to the point of the fumble? No. See, I have. I would like to take it to at least the ten yard line. I would almost go first. I would almost go from go from the twenty. It's first and goal from the twenty. So you're going to penalize them for the fumble. I'm, I'm going to penalize them for the fumble, but they don't lose the football. Hmm. Because anywhere else, the ball goes out of bounds. You get the ball where it went out of bounds. <clears throat> You could take it back to the spot of the fumble, and I'd be okay with that. But, like, I kind of want it to be, hey, take care of the football at the goal line. So at least some sort of penalization, but not to the point where you don't still have the football just because you fumbled it out of bounds. Because it's the only place on the field that you can't fumble it out of bounds. And as a fan of the 2005 Tennessee Volunteers, it's a terrible rule, and they should change it retroactively. (laughs) (laughs) And we should replay it. From that point. From that point. (laughs) I don't don't know that the 2005 Tennessee Vols are are going to be in In physical shape to replay it. Roman Harper said, look, listen. 19 years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it's it's an interesting rule. I, I don't, I don't. It's fine because again, it's always been the rule: take care of the football at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? You're taking a chance by reaching over. That's all I'm saying, and it's a chance you may or may not want to take. Yeah, I saw somebody posted that they're taught the only time you reach it out for the goal line is either on the last play of the game or on fourth and fourth and goal. Yeah, Jarrett Garantano. <clears throat> anyway. See? I mean, that just goes to show. Mm. Uh, Mike Vrabel may have a job before his replacement is hired. Mm. Sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that would never happen, huh? I, the and, Seattle Seahawks would be the perfect organization for Mike Vrabel. And if you recall, it was the day after the Titans fired Mike Vrabel that Seattle and Pete Carroll decided to go decided to go their separate ways. Almost they, as if they created an opening in order to pursue. Almost. So Interesting timing, to say the least, and I think we said that then. Would you... Is there a a better fit for Mike Vrabel that's open right now? Chargers. I don't think but. the Chargers are a better fit, fit you know, with the, the, the style of football they play. Other than the And Chargers. L.A.? 
L.A. is definitely not the place for Mike. Oh, Brady. oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. But yeah, that would be the only. I mean, other than that, the answer to your question is no. Man, Seattle. I think that's the right. I think that's the right move. I think it's a heck of a hire for Seattle if it works out that way. And okay. I think it's highly unfortunate for the Titans if it works out that way that Mike Vrabel gets hired before they get their guy. But I won't be surprised. I wonder how much of that, though, is because the Titans guys still play. If, you know, if they go McDonald or mm -hmm. Glenn, Glenn, yeah. any of those guys. That's a good point. That's a fair point. So. The calendar is a calendar. <laughs> calendar is a calendar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we've got a lot of things that we need that we have not gotten to and will not get to in this show. We'll, we'll carry it over to tomorrow. So tomorrow we will talk about things like uh, Tara Vanderveer winning her 1,203rd game, making her college basketball's uh, all-time winning as coach on either men's or women's side. Uh, we'll talk about Florida, who is apparently under investigation. Uh, University, of <laughs> University of Alabama golfer Nick Dunlap won a tournament over the weekend and has now decided to drop out of the next tournament because he doesn't need to play in it. He already has a PGA Tour card now. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, we'll, we'll also get into, of course, much, much more. And Chip Walters will join us as he does each and every Tuesday. And, and we'll have more guests, more topics, and we'll be back in the Lee Company studio, no S. Yay. Which is exciting. Hey. I just um, hope they got the heat on down there. Exactly. Make sure to to join us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Again, it's been a lot of fun. Justin is back. Welcome back, Justin. Sorry, I don't know what happened there, but we're glad to have you back, and and we appreciate you you getting through your computer issues there and and getting back in with us. Computer and, issues are always fun. Dude, technology is great. When it works. When it works. But again, we'll see you guys tomorrow here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone, and join the Lee Company studio until 2 o'clock tomorrow. Have a good one. See ya.